Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on March 23rd. On today's edition, we're going to talk about the resignation of Jefferson County Judge Henry Wilkins. Oh, let's not. The legal battle <laughs> over the cultivation of medical mar- marijuana, and maybe some more. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. So, uh, Jefferson County Judge Henry Wilkins the fourth resigned on Thursday after disclosure in a federal court in Missouri that he'd received hundred thousand dollars in bribes from indicted yeah, former. I guess this whole story happened after our last. Yeah. Last. Uh, that's right. I mean, stuff happens fast. Uh, he indicted former lobbyist Rusty Cranford while Wilkins was in the legislature. Yeah, that came out in a federal court hearing in Springfield, Missouri, Friday. It was a bond hearing for Rusty Cranford, the former lobbyist who's been indicted indicted for embezzlement. And the U.S. attorney said that among the things that have gone on was is that Henry Wilkins, a former legislator, Jefferson County judge, said he'd taken $100,000 in bribes from Cranford while he was in the state legislature. And this was brought up in that case because he he the prosecutor said Cranford had gone around to people he'd given money to and encouraged them to lie tried to get in the way of the investigation so that Wilkins has not been caught charged with the crime by the way I mean this sounds to me like one of the what they call a proffer a sworn statement you give to prosecutors about what you are willing to testify to in court sometimes they're given in advance of plea agreements and those sorts of things we don't know that but anyway, the information got out, and there were instantly calls for Wilkins to resign as county judge. It kind of cast a pall on a county that's got its own, plenty of troubles. And he pretty quickly said he would, but he waited till Thursday. I think they wanted to get their ducks in a row on a successor, and they ended up picking Booker Clemens, who's had served six years in the Arkansas legislature, 82 years old. Interestingly enough, uh, Stu Sofer, who's a Republican from Whitehall and who's feuded with Wilkins, had told me several days ago that he thought Kil- Clemens would be the pick. And in fact, he likes Clemens and said, as if Stu Sofer matters, but he said, I thought it might work against Clemens that Stouffer thought he was a good pick for the job, but they picked him anyway. So he'll serve out the year. <clears throat> So this is just the latest in this sprawling well, that's legislative the, corruption. You know, the, the $64,000 question, and, and everybody who's at least in the capital network, I don't know if the rest of the state cares at all, is how many other people are out there who've given statements. There, you know, there are rampant rumors that there are numerous legislators who've made proffers of the sort that Henry Wilkins apparently made, that he is not alone, but as yet... No, nobody has been identified to have done done any more. However, you know, and I wrote about it somewhat this week in my column, just kind of an epic catalog of, of corruption in Arkansas. Mike O'Neill has pleaded guilty to taking kickbacks. John Woods has been charged with taking kickbacks, is going to trial. Uh, Jake Files has pleaded guilty to taking kickbacks. Eddie Cooper has pleaded guilty to bribing people and taking money that shouldn't have been his out of this company that Cranford worked for. Uh, we just got a just got a mess of stuff. And 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 again, as I think I've said before, it sort of defies belief that corruption was so widespread that other people didn't at least have an inkling something was wrong. But I also want to say again, this shows what a corrupt process existed in the general improvement fund this thing where they set aside a surplus fund that legislators divvied up as they directed to local projects 
some of these projects were not crooked. I mean, let's say a, a historical society grant in, I don't know, Greene County, just to make something up. And there's a lot of legislators who think they ought to be able to do this, that they ought to get a little, a little money pork barrel to pass around. The problem is it's unconstitutional. The state constitution couldn't be clear that you can't spend state money on strictly local projects. And Mike Wilson has sued successfully three different times about it. I jumped on uh, Michael John Gray, the state Democratic Party chairman, a member of the legislature, because he issued a statement after Wilkins resigned in which he said, well, this is unfortunate, which he could have said it was wrong, which he didn't say. And he said, but you know, Republicans do this too. And again, they do it too is not the best excuse in the world. But he went on really to make it clear that, that he thinks there ought to be a pork barrel for them to spend money from. He wouldn't admit that this was wrong, unconstitutional, and the state's going to have to pay legal fees because of this illegal practice. And, I, you know, I think it was a chance to take the high road, and he took the low road. Okay, well, let's move on. Circuit Judge Wendell Griffin this week issued a preliminary injunction to prevent the State Mer Medical Marijuana Commission from awarding five permits to companies to cultivate marijuana in the state. Today, the state said it would appeal. And the state's going to appeal. And who knows? I, You know, I thought uh, Wendell Griffin's a thoughtful guy. He issued a long decision. Uh, he said there were was not full compliance with the State Administrative Procedures Act. The Administrative Procedures Act, you know, allows administrative agencies to do things, but you can't be arbitrary about it. One interesting thing that was kind of small, but it was interesting, was the agency took it the word of the applicants whether they were far enough away from a school as the law requires them to, or church, to be 3,000 feet away. If they said they were, they said, okay, you must be telling us the truth. Some of them submitted surveys, some didn't, but I think the ABC, the Alcoholic Beverage Control Division, which also is overseeing marijuana, I think in, in liquor applications, surely they go out and measure them and see if it's actually true. That was, that was one problem. Uh, they... Um, there, there was a, a problem raised about whether some of the people involved had failed to pay franchise taxes. This generally was associated with corporations, limited liability corporations. There's sort of an argument about whether you can hold an individual responsible for something a corporation did. But Griffin said the problem was the way the rules were written, it seemed pretty clear that you could say that if a person was part of a corporation that had a tax liability, then that was a problem. But the real big issue that he made a big point of, and, and he said that this was a matter of conflict of interest appearance at least, he didn't bother to prove it was truly a conflict, was that two members of the Medical Marijuana Commission graded applicants and graded them very high with whom they'd had business relationships. That Travis Story had graded uh, an applicant from, from, from Berryville that had been a legal client of his and that R Carlos Roman, a doctor in Little Rock, had graded an applicant that included doctors who he's done referrals with. And he said that presents at least the appearance of a conflict that the administrative precedent on administrative law says it needs to be not just fair but appear to be fair. And so he declared null and void the grading of, the, uh, of all the applications, which would suggest that they have to start over again. But the state has now appealed and the, the nature of what their appeal is going to be, I'm not sure, except that they disagree with the judge. 
And so I guess they are going to argue on some ground that that what the commission did was legal and should go forward. Uh, meanwhile, of course, this is Supreme Court that yeah. is is involved in a lawsuit with Griffin. Right, right. I mean, the the Supreme Court is going to decide that whether Wendell Griffin was right or wrong on this has been sued by Wendell Griffin after they threw him off all death penalty cases. I have been told by one lawyer who, whose opinion I think is generally pretty good that they're not required to get off this case because they find themselves it's a judicial matter and, you know, it's in theory they're all going to decide these things based on the law, not based on the personalities of who issued them, but but but, but it's just kind of interesting, if nothing else. Well, <coughs> one thing that we can say clearly is that there will be no medical marijuana in Arkansas for quite some time. No, probably not, although I, I posted a little something on the Arkansas blog today, which might give people some small comfort, I don't know, and that was a Texas Tribune article that they just harvested the first crop of medical marijuana in Texas. And and actually, their law didn't go quite as far. They're not just selling medical marijuana. They, they have to produce CBD, a, a byproduct of marijuana, of cannabis, that's not the the feel-good part of cannabis. It supposedly just addresses certain medical problems. But in any event, they just produced their first batch, and it, I guess it'll be available in dispensaries now in just a couple more weeks. And that's almost three years since their law was signed, and we're only 14 months after our law was signed. So, I mean, sometimes these things take time. Yeah, there you go. So you are about to take a trip uh, around the world-ish. Yeah, uh, yeah, or half the world from Singapore to Rome. For some time. Uh, this was a bit of a slow news week. What are you uh, looking forward to or looking out for in the coming weeks? Well, I'm going to be back a week before the primary election, and and these things are going to happen in that election cycle, a race for state Supreme Court. Uh, And that's going to be interesting on several fronts. There are three candidates, Courtney Goodson, who's on the court, David Sterling, who's a lawyer for Human Services, who lost a race for Attorney General against Leslie Rutledge, who's running as a Republican. That is, he identifies as a Republican by going to Republican county meetings to drum up votes. He wants to be identified that way. Uh, He's a Federalist. That means he's an ultra-right-wing, supposed original constructionist, but which means bad news for any consumer or individual rights case before his court. And then later arrival in the race was a guy named Kenneth Hickson from Fayetteville, who's a member of the State Court of Appeals. I think he generally has a pretty conservative reputation as a member of the bench. As somebody noted that his wife is an operator of one of these bogus crisis pregnancy centers where they bring in pregnant women and talk them out of getting abortions. and So that doesn't mean anything except he did tell me he prayed with his wife before they decided to run. So, I mean, I think we can guess there's sort of some strong religious background there for for good or evil, depending on your point of view. Uh, the interesting question is, will Courtney Goodson go to her husband's friends, uh, very successful trial lawyers, as she has in the past, to raise money for her campaign? Uh, and how much money the others will raise, and will dark money come in? Uh, I noted that Courtney Goodson has hired a Republican strategist, Keith Emus, to, to guide her campaign and I guess if there's anybody that knows, and he's close to Governor Asa Hutchinson, uh, which doesn't mean Hutchinson's behind her, but I guess if anybody knows how to punch Republican buttons, Keith would. And so 
I noticed her first tweet I've seen of her in some time was sort of, have a nice weekend, everybody. Best to you from Courtney. So maybe maybe she's going to play the feel-good thing. And be a, and she's a woman candidate, and I think this is still a good time to be a woman candidate, although they kind of depicted her as a scheming person who loved to get expensive purses in her first race, and so I, I suspect they can dredge up that stuff and try it again. So that's that's an interesting race. The other, the other very interesting race that I had a scrap of information on today was the Little Rock Mayor's race. There have been some strong rumors in the last week, and I don't ask about these likely. They came from people, including a person who's a friend of Mark Stola, predicting he wouldn't run. So I asked him, he said, no, absolutely, I'm in, and my polls, which he didn't provide any specifics of, show I've got good favorable ratings. I mean, what else would he say? I mean, I have terrible favorable ratings. But, but in any event, he says he's in. So a three-way race with Warwick Saban and Frank Scott – that particular, and who knows? I mean, I, I I hate to make a prediction on that. Each each candidate stole a long-time incumbent, high-name recognition, work saving, energetic state representative who will have a following in his part of town. Frank Scott, an African-American who will appeal to that community but has strong business community ties. Interesting mix of people. One interesting thing about that race is some people are thinking – Although, I'm sorry, I'm talking about the mayor's race. That's not on the forget, strike all of well, that. It's still hot. It's still hot, but it's not till November. But I was thinking about it because there's going to be a primary election for 2nd District Congress uh, in the Democratic Party, a four-way race. And, you know, I, I think based on some name recognition, ability to raise money, support from the Democratic establishment, I, I, I think – the odds makers would say Clark Tucker is the favorite. Uh, Gwen Combs and Paul Spencer are are both sort of grassroots, new age, time for new faces, time to get out the old kind of voices. And, and you know, who knows what a social media campaign, they're both having energetic campaigns. Paul Spencer put out an agenda last week that would have won standing ovations in Denmark. And, and for me, but I'm not sure exactly government health care and postal banking and all of the great stuff he talked about are realistic in today's world. But, I mean, I guess that's how you start. That's kind of, I mean, I think there's some throw-the-bums-out sentiment that will like that. How broadly, I just don't know. And then there's a fourth candidate, Jonathan. His last name escapes me. me He's too. a young African-American, but he will he will have some appeal in that part of the community. So, you know, I just I, I just don't know. I, I think I was thinking about this race because there's some hope that the mayor's race, which presumably will inspire a great deal of voting perhaps in the African-American community in Little Rock to get behind Frank Scott, might bring out Democratic voters who will be useful to the Democratic nominee for Congress, some people presume Clark Tucker, in his race against French Hill in November. That's kind of where I was going. Where I was going with all this? The, the primary elections May twenty second. Is right, that right? Right. Right. So, so I think the the Supreme Court race. That's uh, now there's some pretty good legislative races out there uh, in the Republican primaries because we've got some of that ultra right versus just you know we've got Pluto right versus Uranus right wingers run, running against running against each other in Republican primaries. There was just a fabulous Twitter fight today 
between Bob Ballinger, who a representative who's running against Brian King for state senate, and King and Ballinger just went at it hammer and tong on which one was more corrupt <laughs> and which one had more special interest in his pocket. In, in Ballinger's case, he says, you know, King was for this bad bail bonds bill that Rusty Cranford's fingerprints was on. King says, yeah, well, you and your law partner were in on this corrupt medical marijuana deal plus other stuff. And so it's kind of one of those things, just let him, let those guys fight. It's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, okay. We'll watch that. So uh, let's move to endorsements. What do you got? Well, long foreign journalist, two, well, two things. First of all, if you don't read New Yorker, go online to New Yorker and look up an article a week or two ago on stink bugs. <laughs> I mean, it was like a horror story. There's a new strain of stink bugs that's invaded the United States, and it's reached Arkansas. I don't think it's epidemic proportions here yet, but they haven't found a cure for it, and these things just they just envelop your house. Thousands, millions of stink bugs, oh, wow. and, and they don't like know what plague. to do. And it's really well-written story about how scary they are. It's just it's kind of funny and kind of horrible. It would not be funny if it was at your house, let me say that. And there are places all over the country that are just being swarmed by them. But I would say it's since it's Palm Sunday and next week's Easter, you're gonna have everybody's gonna have a big Easter dinner if they're prone to do that. Uh, get a piece of cake at Boulevard. My favorite's carrot cake, but for Easter you always have to have coconut cake and mm. coconut layer cake at Boulevard. Go get you a slab of it. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. It's making me hungry. Well, my endorsement is uh, for spring break. Took the family to Mount Nebo State Parks, my first time. Following in your footsteps, traveling around the state parks of Arkansas uh, for family adventure. They have all these cabins for rent that are somewhat rustic but have been updated. They all have whirlpool tubs. Um, all full-size beds, though. The state park really needs to update that. Full-size bed is not sufficient for a grown-up, uh, particularly one who's a little bit tall um but it's it's a delightful place you walk one of the trailer two trails you walk one of them we walk, all the way walked around. uh half of one and half of the other to make it all around beautiful views pretty much everywhere you can find they've got tennis courts and basketball and we took a, a bunch of kids up there and just had a great time it's a good it's a good place it's yeah. good Check out your state parks. Okay, well, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Uh, I've got a bunch of guest hosts lined up or, or guest uh, guests lined up. So keep tuning in and uh, and check out our other podcast, The Conversation with Matt Price. Max is on the next one talking about uh, the newspaper wars yeah. and such. Uh, and No Small Talk, our entertainment podcast. Uh, all right, we'll be back. See you later. The podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.